Welcome to Babylon. In this podcast, I discuss with various guests news and current events through the lens of the Bible. The Bible often makes reference to this world as Babylon, and even though we live in Babylon, we as Christians are called to be different, to be holy as he is holy. So let's take a look together at God's word, our instruction for life. Welcome to Babylon. Hello and welcome to Babylon. My name is Jeremy Kendall and today I am joined with my dear friend Owen Griffiths. Uh, Owen and I go to Shaw Baptist Church together and uh, today he is going to come and speak to us about the pursuit of truth, particularly found in Holy Scripture. I just wanted to first and foremost say welcome. Mm. Thank you, Jeremy. Good to be here. It's great to have you on the on the podcast. I, I just want to introduce you uh, to the people mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your your family life, what you do oh, for okay. a living? Right, right. Well, uh, I am married to Kathleen and uh, have been for fifty two years. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have uh, two daughters. One married in Sydney, and uh, the other is living in Wellington. So uh, we're just the two of us on our own now. Yeah, so you've, you're actually, we've just had a little bit of a lockdown in, in Wellington. So. Yeah, yeah, and she's due to come up this weekend, so hopefully oh, no. that'll still happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, hopefully that'll open soon. And uh, mm. you do have access to Australia, though, at the moment, am I right? Uh, we do at the moment, but anything could happen with what's happening in Sydney at the moment. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Well, praise the Lord for, mm. for keeping that mm. open thus far. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what do you do for a profession, brother? Uh, well, after 51 years, I finally uh, retired from, uh, from full-time work, uh, having spent those 51 years uh, in the manufacture of structural um, laminated timber glue lamp. Fabulous. Been a great... Uh, the future great of building, time. isn't it? Absolutely. More so than ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not only... Uh, enjoying the the profession of working with wood, but you also have various hobbies at home around the lathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've taken up wood turning, thoroughly enjoying that, finding some uh, latent, uh, minuscule, creative um, straits. It's your attempt at convincing yourself that you've actually retired, (laughs) when really you've probably worked more than anyone I know. Still creating a lot of dust and shavings, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's worth it. That's great. And he's he's actually uh, writing here on his... Uh, notes with his beautiful mm. wooden pen that he has made himself. It's fabulous. Right. Very talented man. <laughs> and of course, you serve in our church. You lead care groups. Uh, you do a lot of mentoring and uh, discipling of some of the young people in our church, and and much, much more. And uh, missions um, work. Yeah. Yeah, and more importantly. Uh, than, than all of that. Uh, yes, of course, you're on the missions team as well, aren't you? But uh, your darling has perhaps one of the greatest ministries um, <laughs> alive. She, she feeds she the millions. If you, if you want to go and experience true cuisine, go and <laughs> see Kathleen. She is an absolute saint. All right, well, today we're going to start off our conversation about pursuing mm. uh, the truth mm. by kind of defining Scripture and mm. its role in the Christian life. Mm. Uh, and and then also scripture and its role in, in the Christian church. Mm, mm, uh, so I wonder mm. if you could speak a little bit to that first. Okay, Owen. okay. Um, yeah, I guess the relevance of scripture um, uh, is a bit like the journey of where I've been and where I've come to. Um, for me, in my early days, uh, I attended Sunday school, young Bible class, but... Uh, in those days, scripture to me was really a vague set of rules and morals, and I was quite disinterested in that. 
um, un- until I realized that Scripture had a message that really dealt with me and my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think God then began a work of awakening me um, to, to those things and brought me to the place of, of uh, repentance and faith. Um, and I guess the next step of my experience and journey with Scripture was was to see Scripture a bit like a, a driving manual for a car, that here are the things that you should do and these will be the results when you do it correctly. Yeah. Um, and that led to a lot of, um, of activity, um, uh, evangelical activity, um, but didn't necessarily produce the results that, uh, that we were looking for. Um, and it wasn't really until I saw Scripture more as uh, uh, I, the Word of God that leads me to pursue um, the reality of Jesus Christ and his purpose and, and the pursuit of discovering the glory and majesty and wonder of our triune God. Well, Owen, uh, we've, we've talked about the personal side of things, but how does the Scripture um, play out in the Christian church? Uh, what kind of importance mm. should it hold mm. uh, to the Christian believer in that context? Mm. Well, I think until Scripture is taken to heart personally, uh, then one's view of the church can be a little bit distorted um, and you're looking at um, the structure and, and functioning rather than the foundation of the church. Really the only reason for being for the church finds its ground in, in Scripture, in the Word of God. So I think uh, the most important thing about uh, the church's relationship to Scripture is that that's its only foundation. Mm-hmm. If it can't go back and rely on Scripture as the foundation of where it is, then it's it's failing to find its real foundation. Yeah. So everything stems out of the roots that is the Scripture. That's what grounds a church. That's its authority. That's yeah. that's its last. Well, that, yeah, that's its foundational and last authority. Yeah. So we're not just talking from the pulpit, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, someone like you, who's heading our missions team, planning for people to go out and serve overseas mm. and around New Zealand, mm. even mm. things like that. Mm. Uh, mm. You define everything that you do through the lens of Scripture. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Right. What's the message you're going to bring? How are you going to bring it? Yeah. Uh, all must be related back to to the scripture. Mm. And we're of course blessed to be a part of a church where this is the case. Thankfully, that's um, so. Our elders, are, mm. our central focus is the holy word of God being presented right. to the church and allowing that to um, mm. sh- shape us in, into the likeness of of the Son. Yeah. Um, but. T- Tell me, you, you've experienced other churches where that's not the case, mm-hmm. as, as have I. And uh, I just wonder if you could just talk to us a little bit about um, how one addresses such a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you find yourself mm-hmm. in a church where perhaps the word is not being preached, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and maybe there are, it is, but other programs within the church aren't uh, grounding themselves in, in a holy scripture, how does one um, address such a thing? And, and if it's not going to change, how does one leave that church? Yeah, yeah. I guess there's very few churches that would say they don't have Scripture as a foundation or a primary reference. But as we know, the the, the epistles are written really to make sure that the belief of Scripture is, is grounded in truth, the apostles' doctrine. You know, Paul again and again refers to this and guards the church against that. So just because... Um, 
there is some acknowledgement of Scripture uh, doesn't mean to say that the, the church is, is founded in there. And sometimes perception might not be reality, and that was our case, mm-hmm. where um, um, we were members of a church that uh, uh, had a traditional commitment to Scripture, um, but when certain issues came up where to get a definitive answer uh, on whether such a practice was acceptable or not, uh, because it was found in Scripture, we were told that um, Scripture is a mixture of human and divine, mm-hmm. and we must discern what is man's opinion and what is really the Word of God. Yeah. So could, could you give us perhaps an example of, of something like that? Um, well, in, in, in our case, it was a matter of whether uh, um, a woman should be appointed to a pastoral or main pastoral role. Right. Um, when we asked about the foundation of that when scripture seems to fairly clearly indicate that that's not uh, God's purpose. First Timothy. Yep. yep. Um, we were referred by the elders of the church to the to the theological college because they didn't really have an answer. Right. Uh, we had discussions with the, the theological college and they were the ones actually who told us that um, scripture is really a mixture of divine and human. Mm-hmm. Um we didn't really, and, and the comment was made to us that we would have to reassess our association with that ch- group of churches uh, if we were to continue with that um, yeah. commitment. Now, when you say we, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. just you and Kathleen, or are the others involved at this? Um, there, there were others uh, at that stage. We were deacons at the, uh, well, I was a deacon, and uh, there were a couple of others. And uh, yeah, I suppose there might have been when we, when we began. Um, in that particular church that had been maybe four or five of us that okay. were un- unsettled about that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a significant number that needs to be acknowledged, but um, they've mm. asked you basically to reconsider whether you, you want to be there. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's where I say perception is not necessarily reality. Mm. Um, and uh, when when we found this was the case, then... We had to really reassess our commitment to to that church, and yeah. um, and this is you know this is forty years ago, right? So circumstances change in that period of time. So what was present then may not be the situation now. Quite right, yeah. So uh, all right, so you you have um, some big questions going on in your head. Mm. You have some decisions to make. Mm. Uh, where do you go? <laughs> for your answers, mm. Owen, mm. Mm. what's the natural Holy Spirit-inspired Christian <laughs> response in such a situation. We prayed. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> and we went back to the Scriptures. Yes, of course. Uh, are these things really important? And what's the implication if, if we can be a bit ambivalent about that? <laughs> Very uh, shortly before we experienced this, there was the Gearing controversy, mm-hmm. where um, Professor Gearing uh, took that view that um, Scripture is not to be taken uh, literally, where it speaks literally or historically, mm-hmm. um, and we must interpret it in the light of what men are thinking. And so um, the resurrection wasn't to be considered physical, That's but right. a perception of etc. Yeah. Um, so w- we saw that that's where this one comment that uh, Scripture is a mixture of human and divine can, can lead to. And uh, mm. so that reinforced our commitment to uh, the the authority of Scripture, not only in my personal Christian life, but in the 
in the um, congregation, in the assembly, in the church that mm. I became part of. Yeah. Um, and I could no longer uh, support that church's foundation and practice. Mm. And it was then um, that, that uh, we looked around for a church that was deliberately committing itself to, um, to the infallibility of Scripture. And, and that would have been quite a challenge in those days because you yeah. mentioned um, it's Sir Lloyd Gearing, isn't it? I understand now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bless him. Um, he he was being on uh, he was on trial for heresy yeah. in, in the Presbyterian Church yeah. down in Dunedin. I understand. That's right. Uh, so the Presbyterian Church, um, what mm. would have been considered a reformed mm. um, Christian mm. church, is being rocked mm. from the foundation. Mm. The, the scriptures are being challenged. Yeah. But not only that, we also see at this time in history uh, the Anglicans, the mm. Presbyterians, the Congregational Church, mm. and the Methodists. I think it's just those four. They're they're considering joining into one church, right. uh, which is you know concerning because the things that define themselves mm. as mm those various mm. denominations are mm. being mm. put aside. Mm. You know, uh, their doctrine isn't really important in this concept. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, they're going to put doctrine all the way to the side, scripture all the way to the side to pursue mm. unity, yeah. um, which is scary for you because you're looking around trying to find a church mm. that is holding to Holy Scripture, mm. that has uh, a, a Christian practice in the church and an ecclesiology mm. that matches the Word of God. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, we come through uh, experience of um, uh, kind of event-centered, man-centered, um, uh, active evangelism. Uh, as I mentioned before, we, we follow the rules, so we expect an answer. That didn't work. Uh, we went down uh, the early charismatic uh, um, route, uh, found that the spectacular things that should have happened because of what we were doing didn't happen. Because um, I can't imagine you swinging from a ship. <laughs> I just can't see it happening. It didn't succeed too well. That's no. right, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, at the time we were doing this, look, in the search, which was really in the late 60s, early 70s, um, we, we looked to find a consistency in Scripture about how God works and, and, and how salvation works. And, and we came across words like... Um, to the elect Peter writes, and, and Paul writes about this, um, chose you before the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. And and we began to see this continuity in Scripture that it's God who's sovereign in salvation, yeah. not me. I don't make the decision that changes everything. Mm -hmm. God, God changes me. Uh, he takes the initiative. Um, and, and about the same time, we came across a Banner of Truth books, Mm -hmm. who who um, were republishing works of the reformers and the Puritans. They started and reading that, Dead Guys. Hey, there's a bit of a history here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so we became more aware of the, uh, of the importance and really centrality of understanding Scripture that the reformers came to mm. uh, in, in, the, um, in the 16th century. And it's really encouraging, isn't it? I remember I was at Laidlaw Bible College mm. and I... 
my father had always brought me up to believe the sovereignty of God, the infallibility of Scripture, mm. and uh, and yet I, I hadn't put two and two together um, with the way I saw Scripture to realize that I was a Reformed Christian, <laughs> uh, and and I kind of felt quite alone at that time, mm. as I'm sure you guys felt in those days. <laughs> uh, and then when I found out that there was actually a community around me that believed the same thing mm. here in New Zealand, um, it was a great strength and encouragement to me to to meet other brothers such as yourself. Yeah. Uh, but for you in this moment. The numbers are few, aren't they? Well, here in yeah, New Zealand, yeah. When when we uh, sort of came to solidify our understanding in, in terms of the doctrines of grace, um, we looked around for other um, other Baptist people of the same um, view, and and that was hard work. <laughs> um, so we uh, we discovered our um, Reformed Presbyterian friends, and so we started uh, fellowshipping with them. Um, but were soon told that we were only partly Reformed, that you couldn't actually be Baptist and Reformed at the same time. Uh, that drove us back to Scripture again. Yeah. And the more we considered Scripture and the covenants and who are the real children of Abraham, children of faith, then the more we became convinced of our, of our um, Baptistic stand that yes, circumcision was fulfilled in, in the regeneration and, and baptism is a sign of entry into this new covenant. Um, and that, that's kind of isolated us even more because um, there weren't others around that held that view as far as we knew. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until we discovered in, uh, in a publication in the Banner of Truth magazine that there was uh, a Reformed Baptist camp, a family camp being held in, I think it might have been Carlisle, Pennsylvania or wherever. All right. Um, and and uh, uh, a lot of this came out of the UK uh, so we corresponded with some uh, of those folk, like in, in particular Errol Hulse, who was a pastor of Cookfield um, Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And we discovered to our great uh, relief and delight that uh, here were churches of um, uh, centuries who had been following um, the doctrines of grace uh, following the 1689 confession. <laughs> here we are in... in 19 whatever yeah um, we thought we were discovering something new yeah. so that was a huge relief to find that we weren't th- the only ones um, so from there uh, followed a very fruitful um, uh, correspondence and uh, and in fact some visits from some of the elders from the the church in the UK came over mm-hmm. and uh, and we discovered that the fellowship that we were having with by then it was maybe 12 15 people who would meet for for Bible study on a Sunday uh, evening. Point, you now have a, a gathering, mm-hmm. as you said, 12 to 15 people kind of mm-hmm. gathering in your home. Am I right in saying that? That's right, yeah. It's a Bible study at this stage. Yes. You've been very um, involved in evangelism, mm-hmm. reaching out to the community mm-hmm. with this wonderful message that you've found. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. You can't really go anywhere, can you? <laughs> You've, you've searched all the options. Yeah, what was yeah. the next step? Well, as I say, we'd corresponded and uh, with, with the church in England and um, one of their elders, senior elders, came out uh, to New Zealand and um, spent some time with us. And it was really from their encouragement that we kind of reluctantly really um, realised that we'd become a um, fledgling church, if you like. Yeah. Um, this was this was where 
we were getting our spiritual food and operating outwards from also. It just wasn't, we were sucking it in, mm. um, but we were looking for opportunities to go out. And so really that was the formation of, I guess, the first Reformed Baptist um, church entity in New Zealand. Yeah, and, and I want to encourage the brothers and sisters who are listening right now because Owen is not the kind of character who uh, blows his own trumpet and, and likes to be centre stage, who wants to just go off and create his own thing. He's <laughs> quite a humble character. He'll never say that himself, but I, let me brag on him for a moment. So he's not just going out to start his own church and become mm. his own pastor. You didn't actually do that. You actually mm. sought someone else to come and fill your pulpit, didn't you? Uh, well, we, yeah, I mean, before we started, we we, we looked for guidance from mm. those who had already established. Yeah, and and I guess they were saying, well, look, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're not there on your own, so we have sort of reference back to them for guidance and and so on. Mm. Um, and and that was valuable because at that stage we were pretty much on our own in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we operated for a while. Um, uh, with a couple of elders mm-hmm. um, um, until it was opportune to be able to, and, and it, it had to be someone from overseas yeah, at that stage yeah. uh, to um, to come and, and take the pastoral role. And, of course, as you said, uh, that has now um, developed into a, a number of churches around our mm-hmm. um, country. Uh, we've got churches in Auckland, Hamilton, Palmerston North, um, Wellington, Wellington, Christchurch, Timur. There's been expressions in um, mm. Rotorua and yeah. Timaru. There are um, now not only pastors from around the world, which is still our pro- um, primary uh, resource of pulling pastors. Uh, we've got South Africans, Australians, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Irishmen, all, all kinds of um, pastors. Plus Kiwis, plus Kiwis. A few Kiwis, but yeah. they're, they're starting to develop now, aren't they? So yeah, that's true. We are true. getting yeah. a few coming through. They've been overseas for training or, or yeah. whatever, so, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's encouraging. And so out of that, we have men stepping into the pole, but we have churches being planted. Uh, it is developing and growing around the country. The word is being spread. Um, and you're, you're kind of like an X-29 before X-29 <laughs> was ever around. Uh, and that, uh, the, the, the next chapter is on the cards, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The kingdom is always growing and it's Absolutely. always developing. And these churches are being founded and grounded in the word of God. And, and that's the key thing. Uh, I don't think we should ever think we've come to the final understanding of all truth. Yeah. Uh, so even the 1689 has got to be rooted and grounded in Scripture. Amen. And, uh, and as issues arise during you know, our current time, there may be issues that weren't dealt with in the mm-hmm. 1689. Yeah, um, that we need to be clear on. So we've got to go back to the scriptures, not just to the confession. That's right. So what we're doing now is we are reforming, we are fine tuning, mm. we're pursuing mm. uh, a, a, a true understanding of what the Lord is saying in His Holy Word. Yeah, yeah. And we're conscious we can deviate from that, just as churches throughout history have deviated. Exactly. And we we mustn't be uh, proudly thinking that okay we're on the right track now and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, mm. we must always be coming to him and yeah, his word. Yeah. Are yeah. we really pursuing the glory of God's kingdom mm. or are we pursuing our own right. kingdom? Well, thank you, brother, so much for sharing this story because ultimately there are many people around the world who are reading their word, uh, mm. their Bibles. They are 
uh, seeing uh, the, these truths coming out uh, that they've never seen before in Holy Scripture, and they don't know what to do. Mm. Uh, and, and so they can see here in your story that you, you pursued peace with your own mm. church first year. You wanted to see if they would actually acknowledge the word for, for mm. what it is. Uh, and then slowly you made your way to try and form relationships with other churches around you that held to the word of God. And, mm. and then ultimately the last resort was to leave mm. and to start uh, your own Absolutely. Fellowship of Reformed Baptists in, yeah. in New Zealand. Absolutely. Uh, and, and in that journey, God has been glorified in, in your patience and your uh, grace that the Lord has given you to, to uh, go about this journey. We're, we're ever only too aware of our likelihood to slip yeah. up. Yeah, it's, it's so great to see what the Lord has done in, in your life and, and ultimately our life as well. We now have joined you on this journey in, in growing uh, the kingdom of God here in New Zealand. And may it, may it increase Amen. and uh, may it spread not only in this country, but abroad as well. Mm. Well, brother, we, we thank you so much for um, coming on uh, the podcast. We encourage everyone to check out our Instagram page and uh, also please subscribe for more episodes of Welcome to Babylon.